0: Hello, everybody. This is Mark Kumar, your lifestyle entrepreneur and a proud founder of Simple Podcast Cloud, a platform by podcaster for podcaster. With us, you get everything unlimited under one account. In case you're wondering, what is everything unlimited? Includes that means number of shows, unlimited number of episodes, storage, bandwidth, pretty much everything you need to make sure. Your podcast is a success with no limitations. So, with that in mind, we have an amazing podcaster with us today who is going to share some serious knowledge that is going to help you take your podcast to the next level fairly quickly. So, without any further ado, here is your podcaster for today
1: hi i'm hem cleveland i'm also known variously on the internet as Volanda. i am a voice actress and i am the producer slash dungeon m'lady of the lucky die podcast
0: all right lucky type i can't even get over that the, the name of your podcast
1: ow, ow. <laughs> It took us, I'm not kidding, two months to come up with a name for our podcast. And it's a pun on so many levels. We were so happy when uh, our editor came
0: up for that. We're like, okay, yeah, all right, this is it. This is the one. So just out of curiosity, since it took you like two months, then what were some of the other names that you rejected? And this one that was was the winner. (laughs)
1: um we the thing is it like we probably did this like four years ago um we thought about various um puns on dice and dungeons and adventuring and parties we had a lot of those go through and then we was like oh can we make an anagram of our initials and make that sound cool and make that into a name later on we just couldn't come up with anything it was so tough um but yeah, eventually we just ended up on the lucky die. Like we cycled through a lot of names. It was, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So just that curiosity. So the niche or the industry or the content that you create for your podcast, you could have picked anything. Why this one?
1: Um, Like... So this podcast was uh, kind of founded by three of us, uh, myself, Arch and Neil, and we were all part of another podcast. Um, We're in actual play and the actual play we were playing was Dungeons and Dragons and that podcast, which shall not be named, fell apart for various reasons and we decided that the three of us had such good chemistry together, we worked really well together, we just wanted to try doing it on our own and the guy in charge of the former one was not the greatest person um but we worked really well together and we thought hey if this horrible person can do it we can do it 10 times better and I I think we've done way more than 10 times better um so yeah we just we wanted to play games together because we've been doing that for a little while and we thought that we told good stories and it would be cool for other people to maybe hear them too so that's kind of why we did this
0: Okay. So you say you have your other courses. How many people are there? 3 people or is it 2 people?
1: So it started off with three of us, myself, Archer, Neil. Um we managed to get uh, another good friend that we've been playing for a while with, uh Casey. Okay. And about 2 years after the inception of the Lucky Die, we got our fifth cast member, Ethel. Okay.
0: And how did you find that other member? <laughs> did you have to do a lot of search for it or it just well, like friend, friend referral or? Um,
1: hmm, how, how, do, how, do I, how do I do this? Um, so we set out as one DM and three players and we thought we'll look for a fourth. We didn't find one soon enough for us. So we're like, we'll leave the fourth spot open. We'll have guests in. And if we get a good one that jives well, we keep them. And we found one. Um, and I found him through another podcast where I am also a player instead of a DM. And this is called The Dark Dice. And Dark Dice formed because I'm a voice actress on another podcast called The White Vault. And the, on The White Vault, there are other voice actors and voice actresses and voice acts. And one of them is Ethel. And he and I, when we met on Dark Dice, actually met each other rather than we just appeared on the same show. Um, we ended up role-playing 15 minutes between us when nobody interrupted us. And we just went and went and went. And it was one of the most amazing role-playing experiences I had up to that point. I've had some way better since. Um, and at that point I was like, I need him on as a guest and everyone else fell in love with him. And we eventually managed to get him permanently signed on as a cast member about a year and a half ago.
0: Isn't that such an awesome feeling to find somebody that you can actually connect? And yeah. you, know, you have a really good chemistry, and the time just flies.
1: Yeah, uh, I we just didn't like. I I went back and transcribed all of Dark Dice so that we could actually get it as a as a podcast uh, sooner rather than later. And I I clocked us in. It was a ridiculous amount of time that uh, Aether and I were. Um, kind of role-playing together, talking together, our interactions were always good and fun. Um, yeah, and that really started, that moment was the start of a beautiful friendship and a much more beautiful relationship, hence why I now live in Iceland.
0: Okay, so it's a double benefit. All right, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so obviously you are a voice actor, so being talking in front of the mic, I would think or assume is not a big deal for you? Or has it been a big deal?
1: It has been. Um, the first time I decided to try voice acting other than being on an actual play podcast or um, like playing any sort of role playing game online, I was very nervous. Um, I sent in an audition to the White Vault and Liberty and all the others, and I was very nervous and it could tell. Um, but they liked my accent, they thought I'd give me a shot. Anyway. roll roll down the line when I actually come to start my own podcast Um, I'm sitting there with a guy I've known for quite a while I get on with very long time and it comes to actually hit record and we hit record and I freeze for about a minute and a half I can't say anything. I, I start the show. I am the one who put this together. I've I've worked with them for a long time. I know this guy. I'm not easily embarrassed in front of him, but I froze for like a minute and a half. And that sometimes still happens to me when I know that there's a big intense scene coming up or something I've worked on for a very long time or I'm on somebody else's show. Uh, <laughs> I I still get exceptionally nervous, but nothing will ever top freezing for a minute and a half. That was... That was very nerve-wracking for me.
0: Wow. I can't even imagine. I mean, when I first started my, at least for my part of the journey in the podcasting world, when I first started, I was just the opposite. I was able to talk, but I didn't like my voice after <laughs> I heard it for yeah, the I've been first there. time. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I sound like that. Why? Who is that guy or who is that person? Mm. Have you ever experienced that, or any of your co-hosts have experienced it?
1: Yeah, um, I've I've had this a fair bit. I've also recorded. Um, when I was living in Britain, I was trying to make more of a career out of voice acting. I, I can't now that I live in Iceland. Um, but back in Britain, I was into doing a lot of audio books, and part of doing the audiobooks from home is you also need to edit. So I listened to myself for a 14-hour finished book. Having done a bunch of voices in it, it takes something like 40 hours to edit. And I was losing my mind not only listening to my voice, but all the voices that I put on. I'm like... I hate every minute of this uh, I used to love doing small audio books now I can't even stand doing a 20 minute one I just I, I can't stand listening to myself that much and I don't understand especially if I get a fit of the giggles like I'm one of the episodes I'm currently epi- um, editing I get a fit of the giggles in it and it's just in there for three hours I'm just like I hate this I'm sorry to every single person who ever has to edit it with my giggles
0: I'm so sorry <laughs> Oh man that is such a great group agree- I'm so glad you said that, something about the audiobook cuz I have been thinking about like talking to somebody like a uh- about how does the audio book come across meaning unfolds do you get and this is just a sidebar of the whole podcasting. i promise we'll come back to it (laughs) i promise we'll come back to it and that's That's what i love that's what i love about this kind of conversation was right it can go left right and then we come back again to the center center of it so i promise we'll come back to the whole podcasting thing and this is just for my inner own curiosity so if as an audiobook uh, creator i guess you would call yourself or you call yeah. another title you use okay so audiobook creator when somebody says i want to create an audiobook and they hire you what do they give you and how much time frame do you take to finish that audiobook and what does the end result come out to be
1: so um there are a few really good places to start getting into audiobooks um i've because i've done this for a little while i people come directly to me and those people i will do audiobooks for still even though i hate doing that i will still do it for them um but mostly there are places like acx which is the audible back end um so the audible one where you can download books from amazon i think it is um acx is the back end where authors go hey i need a narrator and narrators go hey i need a book to read um and that can come in two forms. Um, so essentially a, uh, uh, author, that's the word I was looking for. An author would go, Hey, I'm looking for a voice. Um, I either want, you know, this kind of voice, this kind of tone, it's going to be this long and there are this many words in it. Um, this is how much I am willing to pay you, or this is going to be in a negotiation for royalties. And a, audio book creator, a narrator, um, producer, whatever you wish to be called. Um, they will go on, audition, get the part, hopefully, although there are usually a lot of auditions because, uh, you know, small, small world. Um, and you'll then receive it, sign the contracts, and that will specify how many days, how many hours, how many months it will you will be allowed to take to produce a first draft, first 15 minutes. Um, and then for a, a recorder, it's if you're good and don't mess up too much at reading, which it's kind of needed <laughs> because otherwise you are forever editing yourself um, you have however long like the recording processes itself plus like bits either side to make sure your voice is okay cover up any stumbles as you go through and then there'll be the editing time itself which is going through taking out any mistakes checking that what you've read is actually correct according to the book um, there are also things like mixing and balancing where you have to make sure the room tone is reduced, especially if you work in a slightly noisier environment. There are sound qualities that you have to hit for ACX itself, um, and actually the same for pretty much any of the other bigger chains that are online, which is you have to have um, an average like decibel. So it can't be above too much, it can't be below too much. You can't have too many peaks in it. So you can't be spitting at your microphone and suddenly shouting because that they don't like that either. to be fair as a listener I don't want to listen to that either so I kind of get that um yeah and there are bits and pieces like that and it's usually like uh, when I was doing it, it was like three to four times the finished product so if I was working on a 30-hour book it would probably take over 40 hours of actual work to get it done
0: Okay! Wow, that's—I am so glad we are having this conversation. <laughs> number one, number two, I am so glad we met.
1: <laughs> well, um, with with uh, the order books, like a lot of people, are like, how much do you make doing this? So I'm like, I honestly don't. No, um, because there amount of hours that you don't total up. Like it's the pre reading, right. it's the getting set, it's all this kind of stuff that goes into it. Um, and I've been paid anywhere between I'll take fifty percent of whatever royalties that the author receives, up to four hundred dollars an hour. Okay. Um, uh, so for a ten hour book, that's like four k. So.
0: Right. Exactly. Plus the fifty percent royalty fee.
1: No, it's usually either or. Either or. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. So which one do you prefer, getting up front or getting the royalty? I,
1: I always try to get a mixture of both because having the up, especially as a fledgling audio book producer as I was back then, I try to get a mix because 50-50 means that I will have income trickling in and the more you do, the more trickles, the bigger the flow and then sometimes like i just need a new fucking laptop i'm just gonna do the one i don't care what kind of book it is i will do smart i will do like some things i do not believe in i will just read them i will get that like bunch of money and i'll buy myself a new laptop so i always had a mixture of both going
0: all right, so that's a really enlightening conversation we just had into it. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, no,
1: if, I, you're, if you're looking to get into it, make sure you love books because you will be reading a lot of books. Um, it's and you will be having to listen to that book a fair few times as you go through it, edit and record and all that good stuff. So yeah.
0: And those of you who are podcasters, if you are looking to have some extra income, like 4K, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, was, that was my best, and that was only a three-hour finished book. Uh, that was, right. I don't want to release the name of that one because that was smart, but it was worth it.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. You know, whatever it is, I I'm completely understand the whole privacy part of it. But the point is, like, all of us podcasters out there who are listening to this particular show, uh, if you want to get into the audiobooks, she just told you the secret. How much money you make?
1: <laughs> could make. Could. could make,
0: potentially. <laughs> potentially make. How is that? Potentially make, it. yeah. There you go. All right. Now back to our back, uh, normal episodes. It's <laughs> <Into> the podcasting <laughs> world. <laughs> but all joking comes out. Thank you so much for sharing it. And You're that's welcome. why I love this. The raw conversation because the conversation can go literally anywhere like I said before and yeah. then I was always curious how much money does a uh audio creator makes audiobook creator makes and then you know what the process is so let's say for, <laughs> for example let's say if I give you uh let's say in one one hour's worth of work right hypothetically speaking somebody gives you that how many pages? It, how many pages is that, or do you go by word, or how does Um, process-
1: you actually go by so ACX has an inbuilt like um, estimator for how long something will take. So I think it's something like eight or nine thousand words an hour. I might be a little bit out on that. I can't really remember. It's been a while since I've done it. Um, <laughs> it's it's something like that. Um, and the pages I got in all formats, so I got it in all sizes. Um, some people gave it to me as those little A five page books with giant text. Um, so and there were so many page breaks and stuff. So I ended up with like a ninety page script, and they were like it was ended up being like 35 pages of a4 i'm just like what is this Um, and sometimes people will be kind enough to give it to me as um it was like a word document so i could edit things which helps because i'm not the world's greatest at pronunciation so going in and changing names that i can't normally pronounce into phonetics saved my life so much um so yeah you you get it you kind of get all sorts really
0: all right so that gives you at least gives me and the people who listen to it, a brand new perspective because anyone can create an ebook and put it on Amazon, and that becomes a print version of it. and if they want to have an audio version of it, let's say uh, our standard book is like what 30, 40, 50, 60 pages, max, I would think, a uh, short yeah. one, obviously, right? And if somebody wants to have that read by you, and this is where you could tell where the where they can get in touch with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah you could get in touch with me on my email address um yeah you uh, going on asx is pretty good because it gives you the bigger distribution there are other ones online but i used acx i actually can't use acx now one of the minor limitations of it is that i can't use it whilst in iceland um because they don't have a us and iceland don't have tax treaties like they do in the uk so they're just like not nah, not dealing with the icelandic bags i'm like i get that it's a real pain in the ass um but yeah no like audiobooks they they're good um i would <laughs> i would say however the quicker you are at editing the more money you'll make because the more books you'll be able to produce um but there is a fierce competition for producing audiobooks uh, especially anyone who is a voice actor is probably at some point branched out into audiobooks um it's a fierce market out there but people out there will find your voice and the kind of Average growing rate is somewhere between 50 and 150 dollars for a finished hour, so that's kind of, yeah, it's the more realistic version of what you'll probably be looking at.
0: Gotcha. So, is there a specific accent type that people prefer over others? (sighs)
1: Um, yeah, clearly, clearly,
0: your accent type is I I love it personally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is, there is. So it's essentially almost any of the English-speaking accents. Um, So if you, for example, have a heavy German or um, French accent, unless the book is set in one of those places, you're probably unlikely to find work. Uh, But there are, of course... French books in which case you will nail that shit I can't speak French for shit and it will be with an English accent so why would anyone want me to do that um it it is honestly mostly American voices that is on there um whenever I saw British I'm like yes straight in there um however I have occasionally got a few American jobs because they were like oh this is a good this is a good voice yeah yeah we'll take this for our business book I'm like all right sure
0: It's like one of those things that you have it, but you don't realize how good you have it until somebody else tells you. So in other words, you don't appreciate your own trade unless somebody comes on like, you have a really good thing going on here. We yeah. want part of that, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so so yeah, that's just another sidebar with a whole audiobook career. If people who are listening to it, they want to get into it. And what is the website? It's the like ATX or something? ACX. ACX acx.com or is it dot net org com com a c x check that out ah, we get no affiliation we're just telling you because it's a good way to make your money with your podcast if you have a good mic and a good accent like you just say <laughs> it. you can make potentially up to 4k per audiobook and if you do four audiobooks you are good <laughs> All right, so back to the whole podcasting world. So back to podcasting.
1: Kind of, yeah.
0: So now that we got that out of the way, and uh, it's just me. I'm curious because I was thinking about like, hey, I'm gonna write a book, but I'm like, I really don't want to sit behind a computer, but you know, do something else with it, and then audio version of it because I like my voice, but some people may not. So I'm, t- I like other people' accent, like your accent, I love it. So maybe we could talk later on, <laughs> something after this show oh, yeah. or something.
1: I'm um, I'm always I'm always up for that. And, um, if it's not through ACX, I can take work. <laughs> hey, there you go. That's what I'm saying.
0: We'll give you like your own website, how to be an audiobook creator, create a course, and you get your double the money. There you go.
1: Oh gosh, hell no. <laughs> uh, I have barely enough time in my life as it is, my friend. Um. <laughs>
0: All right, cool. So, all right. So, I'm uh, like completely out of track here, but I'm promised, like I say, we'll come back (laughs) to the whole podcasting world. Now we're coming back to it right now, and that would be the end of the whole audiobook part of it of this session. So, okay. So, back to the podcast. And so, you, how do you go about creating content for your particular podcast show?
1: Um, We're an actual play podcast, so we're based around playing role playing games. We have a leg up on some other actual plays because we were always online. Um, So I started out in Britain. There are two folks, uh, both uh, two of them live in New Jersey and another one lived in Texas. We have since all moved. Um, We have also, (laughs) so I've moved to Iceland with my partner who is also Icelandic and he's also in the show. So at one point we had five different time zones going on. That was a a little unreal. Um, So we have always been online which other actual plays, not necessarily. Um, Quite often they sat around a singular microphone and recorded and we were like, how do you do that? And they're like, how do you do online? (laughs) But essentially the content itself comes from the story that we are playing, um, the, the game that we are playing. So I asked them to set up some interesting characters. I helped them develop the characters that they would be playing through the game. And through the subsequent story and I built the world around them and around a very vague notion I had of destroying the world. So, um, yeah. So for us creating content is uh, It's like I have a vague outline of a story and they are characters within it and their actions their choices i never know what they're gonna do and they rarely ever know what i'm going to give to them as the world so there is a lot of tension built in that and there's a lot of story that comes out of those random moments Um, and mostly it's us playing a game and not worrying about the audience that is there but keeping in the back of our mind that perhaps we shouldn't swear quite as much. And perhaps we should try and make things a little bit more listener that friendly, then let's roll 400 dice and see what the outcome is.
0: That is a good plan to have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's just kind of, that's kind of how we do it. We've been, we've been playing for three and a bit years now, oh, um, wow. which is a fair, a fair amount. We've re- Our season one was seven and a half days of binging content um i don't want to think the amount of hours that the editor myself and the various other folks who work uh, behind the scenes other than just playing have put into this Um, it's, it's significant
0: all right cool so that's awesome and next thing i want to ask you is and people who are listening to this show they will also be curious because people are listening to the show, they have a variety of range Or there are some just starting off and they just want to know, what is the first mic I should get? And there are other <laughs> ones like, I already figure out, out what the mic is. Now, how do I sound better? Yeah. And then other ones like, I sound better, but how do I take it to the next level? <laughs> so let's start with the basic one. So what mic should one person get or individual should get if they're just starting out in their podcasting career, which means they, are, they have an idea, of creating a podcast now they're like should i get a professional mic or should i use my cell phone or what should i do
1: (laughs) um honestly it kind of depends um if you're going for a first of all consider the audience that you're playing to and what kind of show you're making if you're making a tom on the street interviews another Tom on the street then using your cell phone it's not great but you'll get that feel across a lot better however if you want to sound a little bit more slick you want to get yourself a bit more of a, I think it's, I want to say an NT caster, but I might be wrong on the specific name on that. And that's a bit more of are wandering around, Mike. If you are like me, um, you, you like to be indoors because outside is scary. Um, if you're just starting out, and you're not sure if this is quite the thing for you yet, or you're still trying to find your feet or your funds are limited, any of the USB plug mics, for example, such as a Snowball, Snowball Eye, Snowball Blue, Blue Yeti, any of the Yeti ones, anything that doesn't require you to have a, um, an interface, one of the, basically, Snowballs or Yetis are a good USB affordable mic. When you are looking to make your sounds a little bit crisper because you're much happier with it, you'll want to find a microphone that has an interface, um, which is basically USB into a box and then you plug your microphone into that um, because that sound will always be a lot more crisp and a lot clearer um, because there is dedicated power going to that particular microphone um, and it's just overall much cleaner sound.
0: Okay. So when you say into a box, (laughs) how do you mean because i'm just curious. because there's obviously yeti and the snowball and things of the nature those are just your plain usb mics what that means that you just take your usb plug in the back end computer or laptop and Mm -hmm. off you go and we're good and this whole box thing what do you mean
1: so um the better the quality of the microphone the more the more power it's going to need to draw to basically convert your voice from something beautiful and analog into something digital and that is called an interface and it basically sits between it is a box that sits between your computer and the microphone it will send a signal from your microphone into the box and then from the box into your computer into ones and zeros Um, you can get a variety of different interfaces Um, i personally use a scarlet Scarlet is kind of an entry level one, but it, it is really good. Um, it's worth that little extra money, um, and that can be anything from a single microphone input up to sixteen. I think I have a, I have two twos and an eight.
0: So, what's the price on that range? Just out of curiosity.
1: Um, the interface ran us something like a hundred. <laughs> In America, it ran my American counterpoint something like a hundred and something dollars uh, for the interface. Um, And that's just the box that sits between your microphone and the computer. Here in Iceland, because we have really interesting taxations and shipping and getting anything to an island, which is not wonderfully self-sustainable so much, apart from green power, um, it was significantly more. And I, I don't remember how much that was, but I was i was unhappy the day that arrived (laughs) custom stung us for a lot
0: wow (laughs) okay so all right so um, i guess you can pick your poison that way you know at least you enjoy where you live and then the other minor stuff like the whole shipping and then other things might be challenging but you know yeah it's
1: It's been a little bit, especially since, since uh, COVID crackdown. it's especially been a little bit more difficult to get things and the cost of getting things in is a little bit more expensive. Um, but but on the whole, we've managed to work our way around things and get things sorted out. So we now have a good setup, so we shouldn't have to replace this for like four or five years now.
0: That's a good way. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you have to do that every single year, like, uh, you know, your bar exam, you have to take it every year or something like yeah. that. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: if, if that. This is probably the least expensive hobby I've had. Um, so... <laughs> it's How many? I've, I've had more expensive hobbies in my life so this this isn't so bad uh, living in iceland's not a bad hobby um.
0: wow okay <laughs> that is a very interesting hobby to have like photography i would think that would be a hobby but you live in a different places That's yeah a hobby? Yep. Okay.
1: Um, I'm, I'm, f- I'm very lucky that my partner is actually also a voice ad- um, voice editor a voice actor.
0: A voice actor. Okay. God,
1: I can't. I can't speak today. Um, yeah, my partner is also a voice actor, so we found a house that had a like a linen closet, so we've turned that into this kind of padded room with foam and everything on it. So, um, <clears> but <throat> so vaguely back on track. Uh, whereas microphones. Um, we, I was very lucky that one of the podcasts I was on, The White Vault, um, actually my partner was also, was also very lucky, um, they sent us microphones as payment for the second year um, that we were working with them, and we got Rode NT1 mics, and now the rest of the cast and crew of The Lucky Die have them too, because they're so good and reliable, and they have such good sound to them, so
0: all right Uh so there we are you sound amazing (laughs) obviously (laughs) (laughs) besides for me accent you sound amazing (laughs) thank you (laughs) and what is your secret of sounding so amazing because obviously you know if you have a regular usb mic and they are i always get this confused either they're dynamic or condenser i want to say they are condenser and then i make this like one directional correct me if i'm wrong.
1: Yeah, so there is condensers and non-condensers. Condensers Um, condensers are, so far as I know, the ones that you kind of want to use more for singing and then you have the other kind of mic, which is very much more for... your generic, hi, I want to talk at a meeting kind of microphone setup. I don't know the specific differences, but yeah, there are Polaroids um, and cartoids, which essentially tells you the different places that you can talk into a microphone. So the microphone that I currently have, I speak directly into the front of it. Whereas if I speak off to the side, you probably can't hear me so well. It's probably still clear, but you can tell when I'm moving around. Um, that's because my microphone is one directional. Um, cool things like a a snowball they have a really big pickup area um so imagine like a balloon around it that's the area that you should be talking to on a snowball or a yeti or many of the other usb mics they are huge um which means you won't get as clear a sound whereas on the microphone that i'm currently using most of the xlr ones um that kind of thing anything you have an XLR cable, and, and this is specifically for picking up the entire room. There is a very small window, which means uh, for you to talk into, which means that that area will be clearer, which is why it sounds better.
0: Right. And you literally have to get very, very close to the mic. Otherwise, if you're still a little kind of far away, since so it sounds like you're echoing. You
1: know? Sounds like trash fire. Yeah. So it's uh, it doesn't sound quite so trash fire in here. I don't know why I keep trying to show that off because we have installation on every single wall in this uh, room, including the ceiling. Um, so we don't get as much echo in here.
0: Wow, okay. <laughs> well, obviously, because you are a voice actor, so you know, yeah. you would absolutely need to have that. But of well, somebody who is just a a regular Joe Shmo or Jane Joe, they're like, hey, I just have a regular computer and regular room, like my bedroom or a computer room or whatever, which everything is like sheet rock, at least in the United <laughs> States. And it, at some time, yeah. it echoes, so why deal with it? But if you are doing this professionally and you know, as an audio, author, creator, obviously you need to have the best technology and the best um, things that you can have for yourself
1: yeah uh, like my, my partner and i we do we do what we can where we can um now that i'm living here in iceland i can actually only have one job because of my visa so i can't get multiple jobs anymore that are very well paid um i take what jobs i can if they're hobbies and like i'll take them until i have citizenship and then it doesn't really matter anymore um but even the rest of the cast of the lucky die who don't have this set up, they are recording out of their bedrooms um and even when we were recording with snowballs, we took steps to reduce the echo in our in our sound to increase the quality. So we would make sure we had good mic etiquette, which is talking only really at the area that your mic is going to pick up, trying not to smack various things, not fiddling with dice or clacking on keyboards or my personal favorite... Please don't eat apples into the mic while we're playing. I will hate you. Um, so little bits and pieces like that. And we took steps, including like making sure that people, if they're recording in their bedroom, they handily have a big duvet or a coverall or whatever it is you wish to call it. Um, you could put those over some of the harder surfaces, especially the floors, and that will reduce the echo so much. It is a significant difference. Um, so most of our cast are doing things to blankets we've upgraded a lot of them now so they have good microphones they have some sound insulation, so behind the wall um like the walls that they're talking to um they have it <laughs> one of them has a desk which had a shelf above he accidentally created an echo box so we've homed all that out also with some basic insulation. um and he did the entirety of the area where he records for like 87 dollars so it wasn't all that much really
0: Okay, good points to have, you know, and I obviously I have heard I haven't tried it myself that if you carpet your floor, that will definitely significantly lower the outside. Massively.
1: Absolutely. I cannot, like if you can't carpet rugs. Get some big fuck off rugs and put them down. Make sure they're as fluffy as possible because it will absorb more sound. Um, it's the same with walls. Get some like soft wall hangings. Even putting up a bunch of pictures and posters will reduce that flat surface. Yes, you might be reducing it with more flat surfaces, but it's not one big plane. It was broken into many little planes. And that will help to reduce some of the noise, but always go soft where you can. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I, I, I will move on <laughs> <laughs> all right move around on <laughs> so all right so we got sound treated and all our things and the next thing is the post-production and can you talk about post-production what your podcast looks like for a us yeah. how much time so, do you spend and, and what do you actually use to edit
1: so um Each of us records locally uh, because we're in five different locations. Um, Yeah, technically five different. We'll go with that. We are in five different locations. So each of us records onto our computer locally and we record in wave format. Wave format is much bigger Oh so highly advice only recording mono a stereo is just unneeded. <laughs> Nobody is recording in stereo unless you specifically have a stereo mic and they are expensive and just not worth it, um, especially not for this kind of thing so don't do it unless you are going whole hog and if you're going whole hog, my advice will not help you. Um, However, if you can be a little bit more reasonable, recording in WAVE is useful. Make sure you're recording mono. We send all of our files to our editor, um, whose name is Neil. He's also a player. So he ends up receiving for each episode a minimum of five different tracks. Um, We will record them in either Reaper or Audacity. Most of us use Reaper because it's a little bit more reliable. Audacity... It's much better as a starter off and all of us were starting on Audacity. The interface is a little easier to understand. It's a little easier to save and understand how things work and edit. However, Reaper is more reliable, at least with what some of us have found. Um, We've had people crash in the middle of recording on Audacity, you lose everything. It's just an unfathomable mess. In Reaper, it just saved it. It saved it so many times. We're just like, Reaper, that's, that's our baby now. Um, so most of us recording Reaper upload up to our Google Drive and then our editor has five stems. He uses um, a couple of different programs. He uses Reaper to basically get everything together and figure out all what's what and do some of the basic editing. He then uses another one. I want to say it's called Cubase, but he may have moved on to something better since he was using that. Um, And with that, he'll add all of the post-production filters, which included, especially in our beginning episodes, getting rid of some of that tinny sound that you get from the USB mics, there is no way to save them, really. They will always make that awful noise. <laughs> and even just changing microphones unfiltered, no effects note it will always sound better than using tinny USB mics. But they're good to get the point across and exactly what we did for our first like 50-odd episodes. Um, so they're not bad. They're just not the best. Um, so he'll add filters and stuff, which will include reducing some of the echo, balancing out some of the tones between the five different speakers so that there isn't too many low tones going on um so that some of those get balanced out a little bit more that there is priority given to some of the voices um certain people doing certain things at a certain time cutting out any of the awkward silences on people's tracks because even if you have five tracks with nobody saying anything there is five sets of room tone and that will sound bad so he goes through removes those make sure they're all set properly and then he'll add the music Um, which he composes and writes himself. So that's another set of software he uses (laughs) to produce all of his music, balance and equal all that out, put it all together and mix it together so that nothing clashes with each other and everything sounds good. And then he'll upload everything to Libsyn, which is our hosting platform.
0: Oh, that seems very, very thorough. And the best part is you don't have to do editing because you have a team. <laughs>
1: <in>. <laughs> well, um, you, you say that uh, after, after he's put it all together, after, after he's just done basically the, the mixing and the blending of the voices and cutting out what he thinks is crap, sorry, what how he thinks is rubbish, he'll upload it to the Google Drive and say, Hey, V, the episode is ready. Uh, I also have to write the intros and do many of the outros to the show, and I can't do that until I've listened to the episode. So <laughs> I'll listen to it. I'll say, "Hey, add some sort of music effect here. Like this is a very emotional scene. Maybe we could do something with wind chimes. Or this is a very like intense battle scene. Like let's do drums because there are lots of like big fighting armies here. Or this is more of a sneaky moment. Like we could add music here." And he'll either do it because he agrees, or he won't because he thinks, "Ah, it's rubbish and I don't have time," which is quite often the case. I'll also go through and say hey cut this here cut that there we sound horrible meta wise this is terrible this doesn't fit we're just being dicks to each other cut that out put this at the end for a blooper because it's funny but we can't have it in the show for pacing reasons um so i'll give him that and then from that he'll either do it or he won't and then uh, he'll he'll blend everything together and then put the music in and bob's your uncle
0: bob's your uncle it is simple as that <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so speaking of uh, the intros and outros and things of that nature, so let's start with the intros. So what things do you recommend people should definitely include in their intros?
1: So because we're a story-based uh, thing, we're not really about us talk. Well, the show is half about us as interacting with each other and half about the story, uh, if I'm honest. That's what our fans tell us anyway. Um, our intros are essentially recaps for the episode before because we're story-based and we progress, we find sometimes, having been on the show that was not mentioned, the three of us, we did intros for an actual play, which included each one of us introducing ourselves, trying to recap the episode before, which was never good, and saying something self-wanky. And we were just like, let's not do this again. It took us once 20 minutes to get into the actual game and the show. And we were like, nah, let's not do that. So we are recapping into the show if there are any content warnings i will record those separately and add those after like the story intro because people expect the bamf of the most kick-ass themed to music that has ever been written i have to say this and i know I was to say it because it's true uh, they're expecting the sting so by me putting the content warning just before that after the story people are ready to listen to it um, and that we find that that helps out um, so yeah we do intro hey this is what happened last time if there's any content warnings we'll put it in then the music trailer and we're in and starting the story within two minutes
0: okay and what about the outros
1: Um, for the outros that tends to be more of a sprawling mess Um, we used to take turns between the five of us doing the outros and any guests or guest voices that we have um, we would rotate between us Um, it's now become a bit more of a streamlined process where there are three of us that will do the outros we'll each take it one week at a time or work together if there is something very important Um, and the outro tends to be in character (laughs) hi wow, I didn't realize that today I'd get myself knocked out by an arrow to the head or I didn't expect to set the kitchen on fire. Um, isn't, isn't that terrible? Hey, then we do a singular call to action like, uh, please go check out our website, please go check out our social media, um, leave us a review, please fill out this survey, go listen to this person's podcast. Like We have a singular call to action because as much as we love listeners and doing absolutely everything possible to help us, people don't remember that and they tend to tune out and it makes the outro a bit too long. Like that attention span, gone if you have to repeat the same five things every week. So we found that by doing one call to action, people seem to be listening and responding to that in time. So we tend to do that. And then finally, we have an ad swap. Um, We'll play a one-minute trailer from another podcast. It used to just be actual plays, but myself and Aethor are involved in a lot of um, audio dramas, a lot of... um, a lot of our voiceover artists they are also <laughs> in the audio drama community so we are we we're so heavily entrenched in that as well that we've started doing ad swaps and i've been doing it for about a year and a half now with other shows that aren't actual plays um so we'll include things like uh, murder mystery podcasts other types of role-playing systems we've done <laughs> interview shows dramas uh we've done horror comedy shows uh yeah we've we we put an ad at the end and we keep it varied that our audience are a varied bunch and they like listening to a bunch of things. So we found that really helps. I and that's
0: absolutely. our outro. <laughs> 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 Very simple format, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's a really good audience to have, first of all. And you know, I'm sure you may have I think about all the other things included in your outro so what you just shared and with the limitation of time that we have, but how do you moving on to the next topic after you have your whole episode completed, polished down to the T, and all you guys are happy with it, upload to your uh, podcast host? How do you go about promoting it? Or what things that you guys do that have been working great for you?
1: Um, so, again, luckily because of the contacts that myself, Neil, and Anatol have, um, we're involved with some pretty big podcasts Um, either we're in it or we're very good friends with them and having spoken to them some of them are advertising promotion gurus and I wish I'd known them when we started Um, the best publicity you'll get is when you start out Um, (laughs) because hey it's new it's exciting everyone will tune in at least the first one and if you've got the content they will stay you just got to get them in trouble is when you're already seven and a half days of actual content getting new people in is very difficult because it's a very daunting backlog because you can't miss any of our episodes um it does make sense if you come in halfway through and unfortunately I haven't written a too long didn't read uh, episode yet but it's a way of a growing to-do list um ad swaps and episode swaps so ad swaps can come in a couple of different ways You approach another podcast or they approach you and say, hey, uh, we want to run your promotion, your ads, um, maybe a minute long. Some people will put them at the beginning of of the thing. It's called a pre-roll. Some will stick them in the middle, uh, mid-roll, and some will stick them at the end, a post-roll. We decided as a team for our vision, our escapism for what our podcast is, we didn't want it at the beginning or the middle of our show. We have all listened to podcasts like that. We personally don't like them. There are other shows that thrive on it. There are other shows that make it work. We just, we just can't. We don't know how to do that. So for us, we put them as a poster, role, which is at the very end, um, after our outro, we'll play a one-minute ad. And the point of the ad swap is that we say, hey, we'll run your ads. You run our ads. We're good. Yeah, yeah. And then you do that. You arrange dates and you play each other's ads. We've also started taking the step of introducing the ad that we're going to play because we feel that just, it's just a nice little, hey, go listen to those guys. And hopefully the sh- love will be shared and they'll come and say, hey, go listen to them personally, because that personal touch is always good. There are other kind of ads um, which we have run And have had one for us where it's a personal read. Where I say, hey, come and listen to this amazing podcast. I'm either on it, in it, know someone around it, or I just think they're amazing. Go listen to this podcast. It's great. That personal touch, again, it's your word they're listening to. It's whether they're in the first place. So doing that personal ad really helps. And we've had people do it for us as well. And that's a really good way of getting other listeners in based on a personal recommendation. We also use our our social media platforms so we use once we have the episode out and they're done and all this good stuff we say hey our episode is out check it out go listen to this week's podcast weird things are happening um we also accidentally have a tagline for our show which was i guess we're about to find out so we can use that at the end of every one of our promotional ads because like hey do you know what happened to laughing when he fell off the mountain do you want to know what to this person when they accidentally set fire to the kitchen i guess you are about to find out listen to the uh listen to the uh listen to the podcast so we have that lucky built in we use that a lot on our social media um we also use images because images and gifs and headline wraps they bring people in a lot more than just plain text especially on twitter so we've learned that as we've gone through and the same thing with instagram which i believe you actually have to have a picture for so we just try making bright and catching um, something on brand for us which is our logo which is a skull on a d20 so <laughs> that's our thing <laughs> so we can use that, that imagery a lot as well so we have that going out there for us um, otherwise there are episode drops we haven't managed to arrange one ourselves where we use our fee to play someone else's episode and then they return the favor by playing one of our episodes on their feed from what we've seen, um, a couple of our friends over at the Fable and Folly Network, they did a lot of experiments in advertising. And for them, that was the biggest draw to them, was having those episode swaps. And we've seen it in other podcasts that we're friendly with
0: too. Those are some really good advice, especially the episode drop and the ass swap. I have so many questions, but I will limit <laughs> my question because I know we can talk about <laughs> hours about this. Oh, stuff.
1: I, I have hours. Don't worry. I'm not going to... Not... Uh, well it's only bedtime in two hours midnight it's fine <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right so uh, speaking of ad swap so let's say for example hypothetically speaking i say i want to do an ad swipe with you is it a one-time deal or how many days or how many episodes or how does that work for you guys
1: so for us personally we produce one episode per week plus one extra episode per month for our patrons um, they get it early and then it goes on to the main feed two months later we don't want anything about a paywall but for us we only ever put ads in our main feed which is our main campaign so once per week we will say hey do you want an ad we actually have our ads booked out to the end of november uh, now because we found that there are diminishing returns on doing ad swaps or doing promotion of somebody else's content up to a certain point because if i yell at you 400 times to go listen to i don't know wearepods.com or something um you you're going to hear it and then the same audience will hear that message and it'd be more advisable if we were on more than just hey we're pods.com go listen to the lucky die you need to get your name out to as many different people as possible So what we do now is we try and find a new ad for every week, someone new that we can swap with. Even if, for example, we only swap with them once, even if, um, for example, let's just say we swapped an ad with you, you gave us a minute, we would do one week and we would put it on our episode one week and it would stay there forever. You would put it out on your pod once and we would consider that a fair trade because it's one for one. And we put ours at the end, where you want to put yours is entirely up to you. We will not gainsay how to run this. We would just be like, if you're, if you're going to swap, we agree to the swap. Like, that's it. We'll tell you when we can air, let us know when you're ready to air. And that's great. Um, That's how we tend to do things. We do the gentleman handshake um, of like, we agree that we're going to do this and we do it. We shake hands. uh, We talk to each other a bit, uh, but all in sense, that's the business swap. Um, We have, recently just done a paid ad swap where we have reached out to a podcast that's way 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 bigger than we are and if we were to pay them it would be in excess of like three thousand dollars and we were like huh, no we will run four ads for you and you run one and they were like we'll run one and then you pay us 250 dollars We're like all right <laughs> So we 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 haggled with them somewhat, and we're very grateful to them because they've been so good to us. We'd never done this kind of ad swap before, so yeah, it was it was a little different.
0: Yeah, that that's a really good thing, and I'm still shocked. Like I never <laughs> even because I never heard of this kind of onset before in in a short period of time that I've been doing this podcasting. I guess compared to you, you have been doing it for how many years again?
1: Uh, I've been producing the Lucky Die probably nearly well we've been behind the scenes for about four years now um but i've been in audio dramas for about six i think give or take
0: so this is definitely a brand new idea to me and I'm definitely going to implement it and <laughs> definitely going to do that. And then maybe we could talk about it afterwards, you, <laughs> and maybe, you know, and get something yeah. to there do.
1: Are, there are things to consider, like ad swaps are a good way to get your voice out there. It's agreeing to promote someone else and they'll promote you. It is it is that it is that good gentleman's handshake of, of doing this for each other. Um, the same with episode swaps. Um, run it on each other's feed, you'll get a much uh, higher engagement than you would if you just did a normal ad swap, even pre, mid or post role. Um, The other thing people really like is being sponsored for your episodes because then you get paid. But sometimes running an ad when you're being sponsored can cause a bit of a conflict. So you have to be wary of those.
0: yeah definitely you know i like the concept of ad swap but the episode swap is even better because yeah you don't have to create a content for your podcast somebody <laughs> else is creating it for you
1: it's yeah there there is there is always that um and someone will probably almost always end up coming off better off um us as a smaller podcast like we can we consider ourselves our 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 successful meter for us was having people listen and talk to us and be genuine fans. We've had people make art for us and people are sending us home. Mate, we have a welder who is making us d D20s. That blows my mind. Um, And he's sending them to every single one of our cast members. There are five of us and two of us live in Iceland. we'll be like, no dude, this is expensive. We'll pay for the shipping, please. Um, so, So, you know, we're not big, but we consider ourselves successful. We hit the goals that we wanted to hit, but If we were to add swap or do an episode swap with someone, we'd probably make the bigger benefit because our audience numbers are much smaller. And yeah, as much as thank God we get to survive another week with content because making good content every week for at least somewhere between an hour and two hours of things that it also need to have music and polished is is a workload I don't understand how my partner does. I do equal work just in different things. I just and again he's vice versa. He doesn't understand how I do or what I do. Um, so it's yeah, episode swaps are good, but someone will pretty much always come out a better off target, even though you get to spend one week not having to actually produce content. Um, and it's nice not having to do content for a week, but at the end of the day, it's like yeah. You need to really consider who you're doing an episode swap with, who it's going to benefit the most and why you're doing it. If you're doing it for another podcast, you already have very close links with the chances of either one of you gaining new listeners is pretty low. And that's kind of really why you want to do an episode swap.
0: Yeah, definitely, obviously, right, if you are in the industry or niche of a baking, you're not going to do an episode swap with somebody who's in the fitness industry or karate or, you know, <laughs> something else, obviously, it would make sense. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah,
1: like, we probably wouldn't want to do uh, an episode swap with, uh, I don't know, 30 minutes on, like, yesterday's political cheese action, like, that's not gonna, that's not gonna cut it with the actual play world. Um <laughs>
0: Right, absolutely. At the end of the day, whatever niche that you have and the people who are listening to your podcast, as long as it adds to your podcast, the value to it, yeah, obviously, it would make sense, right? So, for example, if I have a podcast for podcasters and somebody's like, hey, I have another podcast for podcasters, so we could do episode swap or ad swap kind of thing, you know, that would make sense. I think episode yeah. swap would make more sense as compared to if you do an ad swap, that could pretty much just be versatile in terms of different niches or industries, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Episode swaps are definitely more, whatever your genre, whatever your niche is, or niche, however you want to pronounce it, uh, whatever your niche is, um, it's definitely better to swap with someone in that kind of area. Um, Not the same, adjacent to is usually better because then you can potentially bring in a um, a new crowd. And yeah, not swapping with people that you know all your fans are already listening to because... Uh, unless you both have massive audiences and a tiny crossover, you're not going to gain anything. So episode swaps are something always to be considered with great care.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. All right. So I have learned so much for you. And I just want to say <laughs> thank you so much you're for welcome. being on this show. You have no idea how much I've learned from you. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> And, and at the end of the show, I always like to play this little game, and trust me, you will like it. Uh-oh. And pretty much, <laughs> like, oh God, not a game. We were having fun. Let's not play a game now. <laughs> so, so, so the game is let's say whatever that you know right now, that all the good, the bad, the ugly, the good experiences, the, all the things that you know, everything, all the knowledge and everything that you know right now. If a younger version of yourself, let's say 19 year old version of yourself, <laughs> oh, ask you oh, for she's advice. She's long in the distance class. <laughs> so she asks you for advice to get to where you are a lot faster. What advice would you give her?
1: I don't think I'd give her any real advice because everything in my life has turned up. Everything in my life has turned up when it needed to. Um, I couldn't have made these connections any quicker than I did. And it's the connections that I have that are important. Um, I would probably tell her, wait until you meet that guy named Neil Martin, because he is a phenomenal guy. You are going to adore him. He is the best editor you've ever met. And he, yeah, he will be an editor and you'll know him and you'll love and adore him. And he'll also make music and he will help to change your life and give you a creative baby that you will enjoy raising together. A few years later, you're going to meet a guy randomly on another podcast that you thought was just going to be a six hour game. And he is going to change your life in more ways than you could ever know. You'll move country. Don't ask any more questions. Just shut up and do it.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> that's, that's solid advice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, other than just don't, don't build a shitty sound enclosure. Sorry. Don't build a bad sound enclosure for your microphone. Just get a better laptop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So part two would be what is the thing that you are currently working on? Are you so passionate that you get up in the morning so fired up?
1: Uh, my passion project its my creative baby. It's the lucky die. I, I live and breathe it—the story, the characters, the world around it, the community that we've managed to build up. Like we have a very active community on Discord, and I enjoy the hell out of talking with them and seeing them grow. And they add things to the show themselves, like names and theories. Um, <laughs> I have a conspiracy nut in my game, and they usually spout the conspiracies that are in our podcast discussion, and I love that. Um, yeah, that's the thing I live and breathe. I think about the artwork. I think about how and who we could promote with next i worry about it i worry about how it's going to be received how plot twists are going to be perceived by the players around the table did i push them too far is this going to play it well is everyone going to hate me for killing their favorite character with their other favorite character uh i how are people going to receive this this is dungeons and dragons and that's a hot topic right now and i don't know how to deal with that if it comes up there's it is my baby and i love it very much but my god can i not wait for it to be over (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is, I live and breathe this. My partner also has begun to live and breathe this because he's also involved, and it's, yeah, I love it a bit.
0: Awesome. Saying so last part of the show is the floor is all yours. Whatever advice or thing or whatever you want to share, you can share it. But more importantly, do share how people can get in touch with you. <laughs>
1: I think the main piece of advice I have in my brain, I would pretty much tell everyone and anyone, um, there are a couple of questions you should ask yourself if you're going to podcast. What are you getting out of this? And why do you want this? And make those connections. I don't mean go out and make them so that you can become a bigger, better podcaster, or you can get a bigger, better patron, or more people. No, go and make those connections with people. I have found a family that I never thought I'd have. I, I don't have a lot of family to speak of and I have a much bigger found family now and I would do anything for them. I don't care if in theory I could make a thousand bucks off of being in this person's episodes or this person's series, I won't take it, they're my family. And those are the people that you can depend on, are those connections that you make and they're really important um, because outside of that project, whatever it is you get out of it those people will be around and those people are important so make connections and stay with them um other than that after that strangely deep note i gone. i'm sorry about that um you can find me on twitter at volley v-o-l-l-y underscore londa l-o-n-d-a you can find me you can email me hem.cleveland at hotmail.co.uk or you can just go check out the lucky die um, at TLD pod on Twitter and basically all the other social media places or the lucky die.com. That's, you're more likely to find me there than on my own stuff because I, I, nah, TLD is my baby. That's where I live. (laughs) You'll find me mostly on there.
0: All right. Fair enough guys. And also I will put that in the show notes for you to make it easier for you to go click on those links, check her out. She has amazing things. And I know if you have listened to all of this episode...
1: My gosh, well done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank
0: you for getting through this voice. (laughs) Well played. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's not what I was going to say, but... (laughs) What I was going to say was, if you have listened to all this episode, you probably have got a ton of value about how to create a podcast, how to edit your podcast, but more importantly, how do you go on and promote your podcast in a very slick, unique, and a, a magical way, you can call it, do an ad swap or episode swap. So just like it giggles, if we were to do an ad swap right now, And you want to say, hey, Mark, I want to put an ad swap on your, what kind of ad would you create for your ad swap for this? Let's put it here right now.
1: So we have two ads. Um, They're both a minute long and they are for us clips from our show, plus a 15 second outro where our editor because I could do a posh enough voice, who figures, Um, just gives you the last 15 seconds of like, this is a podcast. It's about this. You'll find this on this. Have a good day. Um, And we do clips from the show and they sound dramatic and we have amazing piece of music behind it. And it tells its own little story of tragedy and the world falling apart. And do you want to know more? Um, So we have, that's our ad. That's what we give to people to run. Um, And we would say, hey, if you want to run an ad with us, Mark, Just drop us a 60-second clip of you doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, talking about that. Or you could literally do 60 seconds of like, hi, this is my podcast. You're going to learn these things. Come hang out with me every week or every other week or every month or whatever this comes out. Like, whatever goes, whatever suits your show is what you should do.
0: All right. There you go, guys. That will be the end of this amazing, (laughs) truly. I I cannot emphasize this enough. This has truly been an amazing pleasant experience talking to you you are a bundle of joy (laughs) thank you (laughs) i wish you much much success and thank you so much from our simple podcast team and we wish you nothing but much success for your career and whatever else you decide to do in your crazy adventures
1: (laughs) and i wish you all the success in the world